Hello, and welcome to episode 271 of Constructed Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have an interview with creators from the Cthulhu Invades Wonderland book, now on Kickstarter. This is Matt, and I'm joined by C.R. Florence, Travis Gibb, and Stoney Williams. Hey guys, thanks so much for, for joining me. Um, let's do like a, a very quick uh, bio and just tell me what you're contributing to this to this book here. Um, let's start off with uh, CR. Uh, hi, nice, uh, thanks for having me on and um, I'm excited to be here tonight uh, talking about this awesome book. Um, I am uh, the artist on a story oh, called You Just Can't Find no, Help. No, you just give to me, you got, you got kids. And um, I am working with uh, uh, Nathan Kyle, uh, who's our writer. And um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, this is kind of a cool story and a chance to work with, um, uh, you know, some, some different characters, but I guess we can get into that in a little way. Yeah, that, that sounds good. And let's, uh, let's jump over to, to Stoney. Stoney, what is your, uh, your part in this book? So my name is Stoney Williams and I'm a writer. I did the, <clears throat> a story called Temple of Retribution that follows um, the walrus and the carpenter as they deal with uh, Cthulhu invading their universe and how that affects them. I worked with a gentleman named Ben Humanic on the artwork and I'm super, super proud of this book. Very cool. And uh, I think Travis, you have a, you have a small part in this book, right? Uh, do you want to let people know uh, what you're contributing to this book? Well, I, I made it. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess that's a little small. Um, but I also did a story in it. Um, uh, I do a lot of the prose in it when you get the book to kind of piece everything together. But uh, the story that's in it is I'm really proud of. It's uh, the Red King versus the Yellow King. So the Red King from uh, Alice in Wonderland fights the King in Yellow uh, from uh, Cthulhu, which is, I think, pretty cool if you're in a, a heavy, deep cut mythos of both. So you get very cool. And I guess maybe, I know this is a, a bit unusual, but I, I'm the host, but I'm also part of this book. I, uh, I wrote a story called The, the Fog of War, which uh, focuses on the, on the Queen of Hearts. Um, so everybody here has a, has a part in this book. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's get into the interview. Um, Travis, I'm probably going to go to you here first. Um, I think one thing that's really interesting about this, uh, this book is that there's a sort of consistent timeline and, and a theme, you know, I've written anthology stories where it's, you know, my four pages, my six pages, and, you know, I'm sort of in my own self-contained world. And then you go to the next page and it's, or the next story on the next page and it's totally different. So you want to talk a little bit about how you sort of have a through line and how it's a, you know, basic, almost like a basic timeline that the, even though it's an anthology, we, we follow one story or not storyline, but sort of one timeline through, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, uh, you know, Orange Film Productions, you know, the production company, the, the comic company, we, we specialize in serialized storytelling. So even when we're doing an anthology, we still want it serialized. And we, we did that with Cthulhu Invades Oz, you know, where there was a beginning, middle and end. And we've did it with Hol Holiday Spirits as beginning, middle and end and kind of the same thing. So for Cthulhu Invades Wonderland, we created a, a through line. So basically a hey, everyone who contributes, here's kind of the rough timeline of what we're going to do and how we're going to do it. You guys are, are responsible for these certain things and kind of submit uh, those certain things. And I think it worked out really well. Um, and I think it's what makes our anthology special, right? And when you're reading in a, a, a Cthulhu Invades 
Oz or, or one of, it's not just random stories. It's, it's a one narrative that goes through just a whole bunch of contributors, which, you know, if you watch any of the movies, you know, that's what Alice in Wonderland's like. If you watch the Disney movie, right. It's her interacting with a bunch of different characters and then, you know, the queen wants to kill her. Like, but it's, it, it's an anthology, right? Yeah. Dodo has a small little story though. Also the carpenter, they all kind of have their little stories all the way till, till it gets to the, the end. So we kind of do the same thing. Very cool. So I'm going to jump over to, to Stoney here. Stoney, um, if I remember correctly, you had a, a part in the, uh, the Oz book as well, right? Did, did you do some stuff there? I did. I came in as a colorist. Uncle Tuba Invades Oz, a gentleman by the name of David Galliano, did the writing for that script. And uh, Craig did the artwork, actually. Yeah, yeah. It. Oh, wow. That's, that's a good connection. I'm glad I brought that up. Do you actually, before we go more into, since we, we, we touched on that, do you guys want to talk a little bit about the, the Oz story since you guys are parts of that team? Yeah, that was, what do you think, man? I, I, uh, I think that was, that was a lot of fun. The first time um, uh, coming into, you know, just this uh, kind of uh, mashup here that, that uh, Travis had conceived and um, then working with some uh, really, again, just interesting side characters from, um, uh, the two mythos that I hadn't really been aware of previously. Actually, um, when when David brought up the story to me, um, he was like, uh, oh, like we're going to do a, a TikTok story. And I was like, well, like my girlfriend is on TikTok all the time, but I have no idea about this. And and uh, he was like, no, no, no. Like it's this, uh, it's this mechanical man. And, uh, and uh, so it was just super cool, like uncovering all these kind of, um, you know, pieces of that world and exploring that. For sure, yeah. Uh, that story was uh, my first anthology and my first coloring gig. Um, uh, David and I really, really wanted our names in a boat together, and uh, he, he brought me in. And I was really lucky to be able to uh, work with uh, Craig's artwork. It was amazing and what a, an amazing experience and a lot of fun. Um, being on the back end of that project, to, to see it all come together, uh, um, watch Travis bring all of these different people together in one vision, one cohesive story was amazing. And I am so privileged to be part of it again. Um, Oz is, I, I've done a convention with Oz on my, my table and the theme practically sells itself. And I'm so proud of the book that, and the people in it that I'm able to, to sell it easier than my own stuff, easier than just me talking about all the people involved and, and how many pages you get and incredible artwork on all the different styles and, um, it, it's really an amazing book that just flies off the table. People really dig it. So, so Stony, I have a question for you. As far as somebody who um, you know primarily works as a writer, doing the doing the coloring, did you find that as maybe like therapeutic to like be able to turn that like writer like mind off for a little bit and and just sort of sit down where you uh, like with a tablet and just sort of you know, flat it, fill in some colors and just sort of exercise a different part of your creativity? Absolutely. I actually say that a lot where it uses a different part of my brain. And if I, I'm working on either coloring or writing, if I hit a wall, if I hit something that I, I just can't figure out or I'm not sure what is the next step, I tend to switch and do the other one for a little while, even if it's just for fun. Even, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm just writing, you know, whatever comes to mind or grabbing some color page, you know, off the internet to, to play around with. Uh, it works a different part of my brain and um, getting to, to shut off the part that's stuck tends to help me get out of 
whatever jam I'm in. And uh, so, yeah, I, it is very therapeutic for sure. I, but in the same way that writing can be therapeutic. I mean, um, I was telling my wife just the other night that the worst part of writing for me is, is starting. It's getting going. Mm -hmm. that, that blank page for some reason is really hard for me to, to get off the ground. But once I do, I hit the stride and um, I get in this flow, you know, this headspace. And it, it, after that, it tends to go really quickly, at least that first draft. Right? Um, but I, I flow through it real quick and, and get the pages done super fast after that. And that getting in that zone is very therapeutic to me as well. So getting to switch back and forth. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Cool. And Craig, I think maybe I can see by your, your doodling there. Are you a digital artist? So, uh, no, I, I actually, um, I actually do all my, uh, line work traditionally. Um, I do do some digital, um, you know, edits and finishes, um, after I've, but I, I pencil and ink traditionally. Oh, okay. Um, uh, yeah. I mean, I've, I'm kind of exploring a little bit more. Uh, digital art but um for now I, i'm still comfortable on paper nice and um so oh, we always so share dirt here matt and we have some dirt okay you ready for some dirt so so if you guys are sorry about this tony uh and cr so uh when i'm on that show i always promise them the dirt the the underground the 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 dirty underbelly of indie comics okay so Stoney, I want since we talked about Stoney's thing, Stoney, this is his first coloring gig, right? If I'm not mistaken, Stoney? Uh, Oz was, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, first I was not told that he was a writer and working for Mad Kid because he could have got in as a writer, you know, his primary job. That's all David had to tell me, but no. Mm -hmm. um, and then Stoney did the art, it, it, the colors, and it was not up to my standards, which yeah. is, you know, uh, not surprising it being his first work, right? You know, uh, it was not up to standards and I had to send it back and I, and I got him a little bit of coaching from a couple of people to get it up to par. And I thought that that was such a great experience, uh, the humility of Stoney to be able to take that help, right? Because some people, like, if you say it's not like up to snuff, they're like defensive, they're fighting, like they don't want to hear that, but you were, you took it. And I know you didn't even use all the advice. You know, you got advice from somebody else as well. I connect you with somebody and then you get advice for somebody else to, to finish the project. Tell us the dirt because we got to share dirt with Matthew or, or this isn't a Travis Gibb coming on his program. Mm -hmm. And this is all I the dirt it. I got for Cthulhu Vezos. So, I mean, I'm glad you came. <laughs> yeah, so um, that, all of that is true. You know, it was my first coloring gig. Actually, I'd only been coloring three months when David brought me in. Uh, so like super, super new, um, but I, I was loving it and I was enjoying um, uh, learning how, and I thought, and I, I still think that learning how to do different parts of making a comic book, um, at least the fundamentals of it, would make me a better writer. And I believe that it has. Uh, I learned uh, very, very little uh, about how to letter comic books. Um, not very good at that, but I would like to get better. I'd like to be able to where I could do that. And that was fun to learn. And I feel like that made me a better writer, especially when looking at my own dialogue and um, looking at where I felt kind of wordy, you know? Um, and so that's where I started with coloring was I wanted to learn at least bits and pieces of all the different steps of making a comic book. And uh, Travis is absolutely right. It wasn't up snuff. And uh, I try very hard, very hard to be humble 
with myself and to accept criticism and just kind of soak it in and use it as a checklist for the next time, right? Whether it's, uh, um, you know, editing notes on my writing or coloring, I try really hard to just soak all that in and, and because it means that I'm going to get better. And, it, and it, I'm excited to have that because before I won the talent hunt with Mad Cave, I didn't have anybody to bounce my work off of. I didn't have anybody to give me notes on what I was doing so that I could get better. And I felt like I was really stuck because of that. And I, I didn't like, I didn't have anybody in comic books to go, Hey, what do you think of this? Um, and as much as your friends and family want to try, if they don't know the business, they don't know what they're doing, then their advice isn't going to help much. And so I really felt stuck. So um, getting all of this in both my writing and my coloring, uh, the, the feedback and, and the editing notes and everything, um, I'm really excited about. And so I really do want to soak all that in and use it as a checklist to fix everything. Um, I will say, I'm, I'm so happy to hear that Travis uh, is happy with how I accepted that because I am way more sensitive about my coloring than I am my writing for some reason. I couldn't tell you why. I, I've tried to examine it. I'm not sure. My writing, I just, as soon as I get those notes back, I'm like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I can fix this. It's not a problem. Uh, I see what you're saying and then you're absolutely right. You know, I'm, I'm not going to get it right every try. And, and that's why we have uh, drafts and we're going to make this better next time. And that's fine. I get coloring back and I'm just, I'm, uh, I'm heartbroken. Uh, I don't know why I take that so much harder than my writing, but I do. So uh, to, to hear that he thought I took it well is, is nice to hear. Um, he did give me, uh, uh, he, uh, it was actually two different gentlemen on Cthulhu Invades Oz. Uh, and he, Travis sent me to one, David grabbed another, and I talked to them both. And I tried to use, because they were giving me different pieces of advice. And so I tried to use both of them and, and incorporate both. Um, I know that there were, I, I wanted to focus more on Travis's notes and what he uh, wanted, what he thought needed to be better than the other one. Um, but, but I did talk to both of them and spend time with both of them to try and, and level up a little bit. And uh, looking back on it, there are definitely things that I would do differently now, but I'm still really proud of that. And um, there, there are things that people have said they like, choices I made and things that I changed that I'm glad I changed um, that, that worked for them. So, yeah. Very cool. So I want to jump over to, to CR. Um, let me let me know if I'm off base here, but did you work with the the same writer on on both books, um, or did uh, you work with different? No, uh, they've been different writers. Okay. Uh, and if you were to get a script from a writer, do you like very detailed scripts, or do you like um, scripts that allow you to, you know, explore, have a little bit more say? You know, you, there's always, you know we've heard the the I guess it's more of like or not more but it's kind of like the the you know if you're in the comics you've always heard about Alan Moore writing these like long descriptions in in Watchmen and Dave Gibbons going in and highlighting the two sentences that he needs to 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 do the panel so would you rather be given like a lot of description a little bit of description to to work it out on your own or do you would you or do you just like you know when Stoney gets into coloring and he's able to turn his head you know into a different direction and do that um what what would you prefer so um having worked with uh, quite a few different writers um it's I mean I guess it's kind of hard to say um I I think that it's important to kind of figure out just how 
you work well together because, um, for instance, the um, the writer on this uh, current story for this book, uh, he he and I well actually he and I have worked on quite a few different projects together. So now I feel like we really have a good um, understanding of each other's uh, process and everything. Um, but I, I feel like he's pretty detailed with the um, with his descriptions, and I I do really appreciate that. Um, at the same time, um, just like kind of what you said uh, with you know the uh, Alan Moore example there and, and Dave Gibbons. Uh, sometimes like uh, it's uh, it, in my brain, I just distill it down to a little you know um, piece of what's there and um, and uh, you know working together with him basically. Um, uh, as long as I'm representing his um, kind of vision, like it, it, it doesn't necessarily have to be. Sometimes the um, the extra words can get you stuck. Um, uh, I find I've I've actually uh, I had a, a recent example, um, and I don't know if that's necessarily um, you know the uh, the writers are seeing it different or whatever in their mind. Um, there's a few different issues that can arise. You know, um, some people I think um, yeah over explained anyway, and uh, mm -hmm. so I, if I really try to stick to exactly what's there, it's almost impossible sometimes. So working back and forth and communicating and finding a middle ground that's going to um, express the, you know, the nature of the particular panel um, in the, the best way visually um, is really important. And I, I don't think I've had any issues with anybody that's been, you know, very rigid. Um, and I think that translates across, um, you know, the whole, the whole comics making process um, like I have to, you know, um, I take the writer's vision and then I add my flavor to it. Mm -hmm. And then I have to take my art and pass it on to somebody else who now like that. I, I, I love to do that. I love to pass on colors and then see what somebody else has uh, Im imagined in a different way. And a lot of the time it's totally different than what I thought, but I'm like, man, this is so much cooler than what I thought. I love, you know, I, I love that. Um, and, uh, you know, at each person along the, the, the way is, um, adding their own little voice. Um, and I think that's the best part. We all, and we all have to kind of, um, you know, uh, uh, give and, and take a little bit. And, and I, I just, I, I love it. Um, so I know that's kind of going off a little bit from the initial uh, question, uh, which, which I, I do think is kind of tricky to answer because I, I've dealt with both styles. Um, I personally, don't mind either one just as long as I can communicate well with the writer and we can get to where we want to be. Sure. Um, yeah. So um, actually the, when you were giving your answer, I, I had a thought here, Travis, as many times as I've interviewed you or, or we've talked, I don't know what your, your style is. Are you very detailed or are you, you know, fairly sparse and let, let the artist, uh, you know, get in there and, and work, work their, their creativity. Pretty sparse for the most part. I write what I need to write, uh, but I tend to not. Um, when I'm writing something, I tend to pick one or two pages that are going to be the super important ones. And those are the ones that I'll dictate the angles and stuff like that. For the most part, though, I let the, the artist take care of that and do stuff. I, I feel I'm pretty sparse on my stuff. Um, and my strength is in my dialogue. So sometimes I lean to that. Uh, luckily, I've always had very good artists to be able to fix that because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, my dialogue is, uh, I, I think ideally, you know, uh, a better fit for me would probably be film, but I don't like waiting so long. 
right? I don't want to wait five years for a film. You know, I want to get a page, you know, in a couple of weeks. So uh, I think I would say that. What about you, CR? You've worked on a couple of my scripts. You, you know, I'm pretty sparse, would you say? Yeah, I actually was going to, uh, I was going to say that I, I totally agree with that. Um, and a few times, actually, it was a good example. I feel like I, I've, you know, come back asking you kind of questions like, hey, what, you know, what's going on? And uh, be, you've been so cool about it. You're like, yeah, man, like, you know, just whatever you think, you know. <laughs> draw and, it. Uh, you, you draw the thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. So, uh, no, it's cool. It totally works. Um, but, yeah, definitely a, definitely a more sparse uh, style in that way. Um, but, yeah, I do love the dialogue. And, uh, and, uh, I, I like working with your uh, writing and just with you in general, man. Uh, oh, I appreciate that. Always, always so I will uh, – for first, I'll give a little bit of dirt. Um, I uh, was in the uh, Cthulhu is hard to spell uh, number two, the terrible twos. And when I turned in my script, the uh, the person that was was hired to to be the editor was like, "This is way too sparse. Like, the the artist is not going to know what the what they need to do." And I was like, "Trust me, this is somebody I've worked with before. Like, we have sort of this working relationship." And then like when the, you know, when the pencils came in, they were like, oh, okay, this, this is going to work. But like, at first they were like, you're not giving them, you're not giving them enough. And I'm like, no, this is somebody I've done, you know, two, three stories before and we have a good working relationship. So do you think it's easier to be sparse with somebody that you have a, a good sort of relationship with and you've, you've done stuff in the past that like that sort of partnership helps? Uh, we'll, we can go to Stoney on that uh, if, if he's had any experience with somebody he's worked with multiple times. Um, actually, I haven't. All of my stuff, uh, I, I started the script before I had an artist. So I tend to be very wordy with my stuff and, and very detailed. But I also come with a disclaimer. I, I've told all of the, all, every artist I've ever worked with, I was like, this is just a suggestion. You're the visual person. If, mm -hmm. uh, if you think something needs to be changed, if you think the panel layout needs to be different, you know, point of view needs to be different, uh, I want to do that. You know, this is just, I'm trying to convey what I've got in my head as best as I can. And then after that, if we can change anything, do so. And that's actually been some of my, my favorite pages, the stuff that they've deviated from uh, exactly what I had on the page. I, I, I don't want them, I never want the artist to just feel like a, you know, an art monkey, uh, mm -hmm. draw what I tell you to kind of thing. So, but no, I've, I've, I've never actually gotten to work with the same artist multiple times. So with, with the Mad Cave stuff, um, do they, I, I think if I remember correctly, they take a certain amount of writers and a certain amount of artists. So are you, were you teamed up with somebody you didn't know um, that, that wanted on the, on the art style or on the art side and you guys then had to form sort of a working relationship? So that's typically the way it works. Uh, my case was a little different. Uh, so originally they were going to do four writers and four artists and team them up, uh, uh, just kind of random you know, across the board. Um, I was a late submission. I, there was like two weeks left in the contest. They'd already picked all four winner, winners. And uh, then they decided to add me as a fifth writer. And so when the contest finished, they had five writers, four artists. And so they had to go finding me an artist to work with. And the first gentleman they got, uh, I vibed with really well. Like we were very much on the same wavelength. We, we immediately started communicating. He immediately started sketching and his style was exactly what was in my head when I, when I started the idea. Um, I was really, really excited to work with him. And, uh, but because they had so many books they wanted to point, put out, they decided to stagger us. 
and they put us at the end. So we had to like, you know, sit on our hands until they were ready for us to start. And then by the time they finally said, okay, go, um, he had other projects and stuff that, that he had to work on, stuff that he was being paid for um, because they put him on hold for so long. Mm-hmm. So he couldn't make the deadlines. And unfortunately, we had to part ways, which still today makes me cry to think about uh, what that book might have looked like. Um, so they found me a second artist, um, and we did not vibe. There was no no chemistry there at all, um, and there, there was uh, some little bit of conflict. And uh, so the editor had to remove that artist and found me a third artist to work with, which was actually the artist for Show's End, which was another Mad Cave book from one of the other talent hunt winners and uh, Jeff Sedinsky. And mm-hmm. so my script, all five issues were completely done, edited, finished before um, we had the final artist for him to get started. So typically they've got you an artist ready to go, but uh, mine was a, kind of a different case. Nice. So let's uh, turn our attention back to uh, Cthulhu Invades uh, Wonderland. Um, Travis, another interesting thing about this is that there is no sort of open submissions for this. This is, you, you reach out to people and say, hey, I want you to be part of this book. Um, and you've built up, a, a, I feel like a, you know, digital Rolodex of, of people through your connections. Um, you did that with the, with the first book as well. Is that, is that correct? Damn it. He dug up more dirt. He found more dirt. All right. All right. And that's really good. So I did it two different ways. So for the first one, I literally picked out the best people I knew in the industry. Literally anyone who I knew with talent, I asked them to come on. You know, and I was like, hey, come on in, you know, do the thing. So I handpicked everybody. Uh, so when it launched and everyone was like, oh, that's a really cool idea. I hear you're doing Wonderland. Pretty much anybody who messaged me and showed any smidgen of interest, I was like, come on board. We have a thousand and fifty-seven characters. Come on board. Um which is not bad, like I've, I've worked on it, but then when I looked at it, um, when, when, we, uh, when we finished the first one, like I looked at it and I was like, oh wow, everybody has credits, like higher level credits than I am and stuff. And now this one, like there's a lot of people on the same level, they're just Kickstarter people. Some of them are doing stuff at higher levels. So this one has kind of a mix of both. Um, so yeah, and then this third one, we're gonna go back to the direct invite but that's not because this didn't work. It's just there's less character. So we've got to just be a little bit more, more picky. But yeah, it's not necessarily an open submission. But if you let me know you're interested, you have a good shot of let me know. But what, what doesn't work, so stop doing it, people, is just sending me scripts. Like it's, I don't have that disclaimer on my website that tells you don't send me scripts. But like, seriously, don't. Because I don't read them. Like, like I, I am... I have a process that I want to go to um, and the process for all these things. So yeah, that's kind of the dirt. So we've had some stuff and <coughs> because of that, we've had a few more problems, right? We've had a few more file size problems and stuff like that. Not major problems, but the first one, no one, because everyone had done comics before, ton, tons of comics. Some of these people have just worked for anthologies and maybe that anthology was square bound. Right. So they did it square bound. And when I get their stuff, I was like, well, this is my last book. Yeah. Well, this isn't square bound. This is, you know, this. So there's all sorts of levels. Hold on. <coughs> um, there's all sorts of different ways to do it. And I don't think the, the way we're doing it is wrong or anything. But uh, yeah, it's not really open submission. It's kind of hand invited. And then even this next one, 
I'm literally asking five pros, like five Marvel DC people who work for who I have friends are. If all five of them say yes, they're all five in. If, you know, three of them say yes and three of them are in, and then we're going to do a submission. Then we're going to do a handpick. Me, my wife, Jerome, Chuck, we're all going to handpick one. And then we'll open up the rest of the characters after that to the people who've existed and then maybe invite a couple other people. So it's all different, uh, but I think that's the best way to do it. Because of that, um, I mean, more dirt. I haven't even sent out the contracts yet, but everyone trusts me because they know me. They know my reputation. They know everyone got paid for Cthulhu Vane's odds because they weren't, they would have yelled about it by now. Um, it allows me a lot of freedom to, to work like I work. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have strict deadlines. You and I were both on Russell. Russell's like, if you don't have this deadline, you're fucking out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you're, you're just out and you get this stuff. It's not the way I work. Like these are my friends. Like I, I want to write a book of my friends. If I, if I don't like that, that's not me. Um, that doesn't mean you don't have to hit the deadline, the end deadline. But if you're, if you're a few weeks behind on something or something, I, I'm okay with it as long as I see progress coming. But again, that's messed me up, you know, um, there's people who I knew were pros, like pro artists in this book. So we have a lot of pro artists and I won't blast them, but um, they were super late on their pages. And because they're pros, I gave them, oh, you can miss that deadline. You can miss that deadline. You can miss that. You're, you're working on this book for Source Point, this book for Scout. And then it gets to the end and I'm like, hey man, like I have no pages from you. Everybody else is done. I'm only waiting on you. And that put me in a bad relationship with the writer and all sorts of stuff. So I'm still trying to figure all that out. So Give you a lot of dirt and a really long ass answer for a very simple question. Yes, I kind of handpick. And Stoney's an effing writer, not a colorist. <laughs> so when I handpick, we we adjust things accordingly. <laughs> so I I remember when you put up the post about um, the the next book, and you're like, "Don't pitch me." There's limited characters, and like there's like comment after comment of comment like hey this is my story idea and you're like did you guys read the original post where it says don't 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 pitch me yeah my intention of that whole thing was to let people know hey i'm gonna break some hearts this one like we Mm -hmm. don't have enough people i'm gonna break some hearts and apparently that was like it's open season let's (laughs) go and same thing with the minute we funded this because everyone knows that the minute i fund it is when i start production or at least thought i have four friggin' scripts this week from when we funded of people going hey i know you said but i want to see i'm not going to read them people i'm not going to read them i don't care what you wrote i don't care how close we are i'm not at that point yet i'm not there uh so it's it's tough uh and it makes you feel like a dick <laughs> i'll be honest we put a lot of hard work on these scripts but uh, I have a certain way I want to do this and, and the way I do it seems to be working. So let me do it my way. And then we can all come together. and We'll make a good book. And even, and just cause you don't get in on this one, I plan on doing this like star Wars. There'll be a, a second trilogy that will have tons of characters and stuff that people can do, but it may not be finishing up this. So uh, we'll let Neil Gaiman know that the, the script that he just sent you is, is, is not approved. Right. <laughs> it's uh no game is always approved uh okay. he's allowed to, to play in fact he'll be we'll add a six pro what the hell we'll just pm them hey uh neil gaiman i know you're gonna say no but uh we're doing this thing um write whatever you want like literally whatever 
It doesn't even have to be about Cthulhu invaded Neverland. Just write it and it's in the book. <laughs> grocery so, list. Grocery so, list. It's in. <laughs> so Travis, let's I think one thing that's really interesting is, and you brought up the, you know, we both have, have worked with Russell where you get those those messages. It's like, you know this is effing wrong you better you know get this ready (laughs) but you sort of you sort of have like and and there's there's never any messages in this like like that but you sort of have jerome to sort of coordinate some of some of that that front end stuff for you right like i remember we were getting a lot of messages from jerome like hey your pencils are going to be due in seven days your your inks are going to be due in seven days so do you rely on him a lot to sort of handle that front end messaging for you well, um, you know, he has a certain way because he's the letter of the whole project. You know, what's one of the blessings of doing Cthulhu Invades Oz versus, uh, or, or, or Cthulhu Invades Wonderland in this case, versus a typical anthology, I handle one aspect of it to have one continuity. Some people like Stoney are too good for that and need to do their own letting. But most people honor the fact that Matt as well. <laughs> I, I, I also am, I'm also in the camp where I let, right. uh, I let my artist, I let my artist's wife uh, letter, letter our story. So I uh, actually there's... think CR's was lettered by somebody else too. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, so when Ben did that, when he sent it to me that way, I said, okay, listen, send it to him that way. But just so you know, there's a dude that does all that and he might not like it. He may come back and say, no, we need this unlettered so that it all, is done by the same, you know, it all flows well and looks the same and everything. So be prepared for them to say they don't like that because uh, I didn't realize he was going to until it was already done and sent in. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Jerome's a really nice guy, but I don't know. Those nice guys, you can't fuck with them sometimes. <laughs> well, even that taking Ben's, you know, um, we haven't made the decision yet, but there's a discussion just so you know, like not that Ben did anything wrong, but we wanted a little bit more story feeling. So we may go yeah. in and uh, maybe add a box around it or something fancy around it. So it doesn't affect his, the lettering part of it, but we may add something just to add a little flavor, you know, um, mm-hmm. to it. Um, I don't know, just, just ideas. We haven't decided yet if we're going to do that. But um, Well, and like I said, I warned Ben. So if you want it without the lettering box and everything. <laughs> oh, okay. I already messaged him and like pre-warned him saying, hey man, I may be coming to you. I just want to make sure you did lettering, right? He's like, I can't change anything. I was like, I know. I just want to make sure. Um, yeah, he's usually yes. a pretty cool guy. But Jerome handles like those things privately. You know, he handles, mm-hmm. it's not like Russell handles, and I don't know how to do those things. I don't know how to do any of that stuff. I'm not going to pretend I do. You know, we have a, a dynamic editing team. You know, we have two editors, Chuck and Heather, co-edit this book. And then we have five proofreaders. We have a, a full thing of people who do do this book. And then I'm on the creative department. So I just finalize everything at the end and like put my thing on it. But even uh, for Cthulhu Invades Oz, I was overruled on a couple of occasions. They overruled me, which I didn't know was possible. But, you know, when <laughs> I sleep with one of them, I guess that that's just the way it works, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, they overruled me on a couple of things. I made some calls. I made some big calls and they were like, uh no no that's not gonna work for us uh but yeah but that that helps um but i i just run a little different chip because i i want this to be uh my friends writing a book together i don't want it and that's that's what's good about doing it the way i do it and handpicking a little bit is you're my friend who i asked you to do something so i'm not going to treat you like you're 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 an employee i guess i'm paying you because i have value in work 
you know, one of the greatest life lessons in my life was um, a hotel manager gave me a nightstand. And a friend of mine saw that and he was like, hey, aren't you going to pay for that? I was like, no, I just get it for free. I get stuff for free here all the time. He's like, you know, they never know that you value them if you don't give them something at some point, if you don't give them money. They, of course, like you and value you because they pay you. But how that's it. They value you, but you don't show that you value them if you keep taking. And it was a really powerful lesson that I never thought of. So I try whenever I can to make sure I pay for something to go, no, your art has value. It's one of the reasons why I back so many Kickstarters. I want them to know your art has value. I know that if I message you privately, hey, can I see that PDF? Hey, you know, this isn't my thing, but it, it has value and I want to honor that. And that's why a lot of times I get the physical, even though I can't afford it or whatever, it's because I want to like, I like you and your art is important to me. And you're asking for 20 bucks. Of course, I'm going to give you 20 bucks. Of course, mm-hmm. you know, uh, as long as I have it, I'm going to give you it. So uh, I want to ask CR a question because he hasn't been able to, you know, chime in here lately. Do you have any uh, desire to, to take on any other creative parts other than, than you know, being, being an artist? Do you, do you have any aspirations to, to, to write and draw your own, own story or, or have you done that in the past? Um, I have for uh, quite a while been I've had a, another project on the back burner, sort of, um, that I was uh, writing and developing myself. And um, I recently basically have um, kind of opened that up um, to some other people. And, and um, uh-huh, Travis, Travis knows. Um, and uh, Nathan, who uh, worked together with you know me on this story and... Um, many others. Um, again, somebody that I know and trust, we work together a lot. Um, he's come on board um, now to help me um, through basically the process of finishing the first draft, which we're going to move on to editing soon. And then, um, you know, he's going to um, take over writing the continuation. It's a limited series thing. Um, so I do uh, definitely have some uh, interest in writing. I've kind of always, as a you know kid, I wrote a lot more and, um, and, uh, I, I definitely have an interest there. It's just, uh, man, it is there. The, uh, it's it's uh, it's it's hard work. I mean, you know, uh, writers don't get the appreciation. I I don't think that they deserve. Um, <clears throat> so um, there's so there's that for sure. Um, and they don't get paid either. Like what you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely have uh, an interest there. And I've I've tried uh, experimenting with coloring um, a bit. Uh, that's kind of where we were talking earlier, um, just about digital work. Um, I, I've, I've tried experiment, experimenting with uh, digital color, and um, that's another you know steep learning curve. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting and it's a lot of fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of like you know what's what Sony was saying. I feel like every um, aspect of the process that I can kind of delve into a little bit, there's there's something to learn that informs other parts of the process. Um, and makes it feel like I, you know, I'm, I'm a more uh, well-rounded uh, creator generally, or I understand comics a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just such a cool medium. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, just the short answer is yes, definitely. I'm interested in all the different aspects. I think, uh, I think uh, it's that that's. 
Uh, so that'd be anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely interested. Yeah. All right. So I feel like we covered a lot of the 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 creative process. But, you know, there's a there's another aspect of this that uh, is the the promotional piece. Like, you know, we all, you know, enjoy sitting down to other times than than you know. Sometimes it might be difficult. Sometimes the words flow when you're writing. You know, sometimes you sit down to the art table and the lines are right. Sometimes they're not. But it's 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 a lot of fun. You know, the the, the running the crowdfunding, the the promotion that might not always be fun. Um, so, but what are some of your thoughts on the fact that, you know, we're, we're taking these things to, to crowdfunding, we're, we're, we're kickstarting, um, you know, I personally am a nervous wreck whenever I have a Kickstarter going on. I sort of have this um, understanding with my wife that if I'm walking around the house sighing, it's not about anything that that she's done. It's that, that I've I've looked at my Kickstarter numbers and they're they're not what what I was hoping they would be or they, they haven't moved. Um, you know, luckily this book, you know, took off really quickly, but, but what are your thoughts on um, crowdfunding and does it make you, uh, does it make you a crazy person for that, uh, that 30 days or, or however long your, your campaign is going on? Uh, well, I guess we'll go with Travis since he's the, uh, the main man here with, uh, with his name on the, on the Kickstarter. I, I, first off, I don't believe that crowdfunders are real creators. Um, I believe that if you're not with a publishing company from start investing full, all of your money, you are not a real creator. So I want that for the record. So Stoney did it right. He got $2 a page, I think is what it translated to Mad Cave. I don't know exactly the math, um, <laughs> but that's the way to do it. Right, Stoney? Stoney's paying attention to something else, but his eyes are flickering. He's also I think he's watching wrestling too. Yeah. My wife just stepped in here. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> You're good. You're good. Uh, anyways, uh, no, no, I love crowdfunding. I think crowdfunding is amazing. It's an amazing tool. You know, this is one of the few books that I knew, I knew we were going to make our goal, even though it was super, super high. Like I knew that that was going to happen. And that was, that was very stressful to me, but also um, very amazing that we hit it so fast and that we're on stretch goals right now. And, uh, for most people in this, I think pretty much everybody in the thing, it's the highest campaign they've ever been part of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really cool. I think it helps you guys' credibility in the field and it helps that. Um, but, you know, when you're doing these things, it's, it's a lot of work. You know, we have a spreadsheet and there's a, there's a basically a podcast every night. So there's various people are coming in and I am at every single one to show that I'm the leader on the head. You know, I've missed one on March 30th because um, it was my daughter's birthday. Uh, I'm missing one on April 5th because it's my son's birthday. But on my personal birthday, April 14th, I'm running the closing show. So I'll miss it for my kids because they're more important than me. But other than that, it's not. Um, and getting out there, uh, sending the emails, doing the stuff and making sure that people know what to promote, how to say it. It's so important. But what, what's even more important than that is just the word of mouth of people. Like people are excited. They're commenting every day, asking for new pledge levels, asking for various things. So it's it's super awesome to be part of it. Uh, and I love the excitement of the group. Matt, you've been posting every day. CR, you've been posting this. And uh, tells, he had two campaigns running, trying to jump between the two. That's really hard. Stoney uh, is a busy, busy man, but he's been making time to do these podcasts. So it's it's been good. Was the, uh, was Oz um, 20K um, and this is, this is 30K? 
Yeah, Oz was 20K. Uh, and then we had to up it to 10K because the extra pages in the paper shortage, you know, it was mm-hmm. the paper quarters. I mean, when I, my granted say punk, just to give you an idea, uh, it was a thousand dollars more than expired. And I printed 500 more copies. Like, it's insane. Like, in the same page count, same cover, same everything. It's just, it's gone so crazy right now. So, you know, I just, uh, we put it up there and stuff. Uh, I've shared another podcast. It's 14,000. If everyone takes the payment, you know, you take payments or comps, but if everybody takes the payment, it's $14,000. I mean, because it's 2000 for Jerome and then uh, 65 per, uh, $50 per page is what I, what I factored in. And um, I, I know that you you've run you know numerous Kickstarters before. Are you seeing a lot of the the same names coming um, over from from the Oz book? Um, you know, if you see a backer's name, do you recognize it? Go, hey, this is this is somebody that's been with me since broke down. This is somebody that's been with yeah, me yeah, since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I found that uh, Travis Gibb has a fan base on Kickstarter of about two fifty. So I have about two hundred fifty backers, regardless of what I put up, they're gonna. Back. Or, or so. Um, so as long as it's a full Travis Gibb project, they're, they're going to back it, you know, if I'm writing it or something. Um, but there is people who joined us for Cthulhu Maids Oz uh, in, I haven't seen them since then, so I haven't seen them since 2020, who came back for Wonderland. And then Wonderland, I think, is a stronger property than Oz. I mean, just look mathematically. So you got Oz, you've got one good musical, and you've got the movie. You know, Return to Oz is okay, you know, and, you know, The Wiz is okay, but you really only got those two strong things. The cartoon never worked any of that. But if you look at Alice in Wonderland, that cartoon has has done great the whole time. You've got the Ally McPhee game, remember, like, the horror game that came out, you know, uh, in the, like, 2000s that was killing it. You've got the, the second Disney movie that made the two sequels. You've got that. Um, so I, I think it's a stronger property. Uh, and I mean, when you walk around at a convention, you see, you don't see a lot of Oz characters on T-shirts, but you always see the cat, right? You see the Mad Hatter, or you see the Chess Hatter cat. So it just, it's, I think it's a, a bigger property than the two. Nice. And um, so, you know, you, you felt confident that this was going to, fund and, and we uh, we did we did spike um was that were you able to to relax and not um hit that refresh button all the time or were you were you still doing that oh i always hit that refresh button i i always want to go up i want to always want to do more it's and this is a um kind of a personal thing with me you know again being a little personal it's it's tough. I want it to go as high as possible. I'm very proud that it goes as high as possible. Um, and um, trying to get as much money and backing to, to show that uh, we can do it and that my company could do it and produce a good book. But at the same time, I, I, I know it's, it's not ours, right? Mm-hmm. We didn't create Alice. We didn't create Cthulhu. You know, so it, it's, it always feels a little empty but the money helps fill that void very good, right? Very quick, right? The money makes you go, all right, well, I put it together. And then last night, Matt and I were on a podcast. We learned that Zenoscope decided to not do this idea. Zenoscope was pitched this idea and Zenico said, there's no money in it. And mm-hmm. um, I tend to disagree. 
So uh, another thing that I think we should touch on, there's a couple of uh, crossovers here, right? There's a, there's a crossover with uh, Hard to Spell and also with, uh, with Nightwolf. Do you want to talk yes. a little bit about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think partnerships, when you're doing Quickstarter, is one of the coolest things that you can do. So when you do a partnership, you know, make sure that they are ones that would fit um, mm -hmm. and that, that are beneficial to both. So the first thing, Cthulhu uh, is hard to spell. It's another Cthulhu book. We knew that there's a crossover for fan base. So we decided to make a flip over uh, a bookmark. You know, not everyone's going to buy the fancy bookmarks that I have. I know you don't go live, but I still want to show you guys. Don't want to get the metal bookmarks uh, that we have at a premium price on our campaign. So we wanted to have a regular bookmark that we could send to people. Uh, and that allowed us to do that, which I thought was really, really cool. And then Nightwolf, I specifically asked for Rob Maltari's team when I hired Rob Maltari. So I didn't just want um, Rob, I wanted the whole Nightwolf team to do a book with me uh, to be when they, when they came over to do Bandersnatch. And I specifically chose Bandersnatch because it's a big giant beast, Nightwolf, like I, it all works with the, what they're doing. So that really worked as a good crossover print. I wanted to do a He-Man montage, you know, because he had the Bandersnatch and writing with the sword. Uh, so yeah, those, if you back both books physically, you get that as a reward, which I think is, is a cool little gift that you'll get. Nice. So I think we're, we're coming up to close to the, the end of the interview. You know, we, we've talked about sort of the bringing the book together, working on the book and, and the crowdfunding. But as we close up here, I want to give people a chance to um, promote anything else or, or their social media. I think, Travis, you said earlier, uh, CR's got something that he's uh, part of that, that's going on. Do you, do, you, do you want to mention that right now? Uh, yeah, so I am working on a, a book called Black Sam. Uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a pirate story, um, and I'm pretty excited about that. I've I've been developing it for quite a while, and um, now I'm getting things really rolling. And uh, it was just included in um, the uh, Tales from the Collective uh, volume volume two, and so that was really exciting. Uh, Travis brought us on board um, to get in on that and put um, put uh, the first five pages out. Um, so yeah, if anybody is interested in checking that out, um, you can follow us on Instagram at BlackSamComic, uh, or you can check us out uh, on BlackSamComic.com and uh, join our mailing list uh, for updates on, you know, uh, future future happenings. Um, so yeah, nice. Well, I'll put links to that the the, the Black Sam stuff in the, in the in the show notes. Travis, is, um, forgive me if I, I'm, I'm wrong here, but is the uh, collective stuff still still going on? No, it just wrapped up on Friday. Okay, all right. Um, and and Stony, um, I know that you you have a number of of irons in the fire. Um, is there anything that you uh, you want to uh, promote here? Uh, I'm working on uh, Holiday Spirits Volume Two, um, uh, Big Hype Volume Two uh, with Doug Wood. Um, uh, promoting Cthulhu and Oz, obviously. I've got a couple of coloring gigs that I can't talk about yet. Um, and um, that's it off the top of my head. Uh, Travis announced I'm coloring a, a, a story and wrote down, right? Don't. That's correct, Sony. You are uh, coloring a comic in Brooklyn. This would be your second, if I'm not mistaken. That, that's right. 
like it was. So I'm excited about that. Um, and, and, yeah, and that, Stoney, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just wanted to ask yeah. you about your your Mad Cave book. Uh, what's if if somebody is it is it collected as a as a trade? Is what's the best way for people to get that? Should they go to the to the Mad Cave site? Or are they able to order it uh, there? Uh, um, or call up their shop and and tell them to to pick up a copy? Um, I always try to encourage people to go to their local comic book shop. But yeah, you can go to MadCaveStudios.com. Um, but they've also got it listed all, all kinds of places online. I've seen it on Amazon and Target. Um, um, yeah. And what's the, uh, what's, the, what's, the, name well. of the what's the the name of the book? Villainous. Villainous. Okay. Um, yeah, I'll put a link to um, the Mad Cave, you know, section for Vanillas. But like, obviously, yeah, you know, call up your call up your shop and and, and work it out yeah. that way, right? You can get the first issue for free on um, MadCaveStudios.com along with David Galliano's uh, Savage Bastards. Um, uh, he's also on the book. He, he was on uh, Cthulhu and Bain's Eyes with us and he's, he's doing this one. Um, yeah. Cool. And does anybody have any uh, personal um, social media uh, or sub stacks that they, they want to tell people that want to tell people about? Sure. Yeah, I have uh, the TravisGib.com, If you want to join, and I do a whole bunch of behind-the-scenes stuff and all sorts of really cool things for my um, campaigns. Uh, but really, Cthulhu Invades Oz is what's important right now. You know, we'll get back. But yeah, I do have a Substack. You get exclusive comics, exclusive content, uh, stories before they're launched. You know, we're we're launching Voodoo Nations in there in the next couple of days. You can read three. So good stuff. Thank you for asking. No problem uh cr as a, as an artist i'm guessing maybe you you tend to to mostly go with with instagram do you have like a like a personal handle for for people to to check out you're you're muted, you're muted yourself yeah thanks guys yeah if you want to check out my uh, personal account it's c.r.florence on instagram very cool guys i had a, a lot of fun uh checking in with everybody you know i'm really excited to be part of this book um and we're going to put a link to the kickstarter for cthulhu and Bay's wonderland in the show notes to make it as easy as possible whatever pod player you're using you know hit that button scroll you know scroll through the show notes find that click on click on that but uh and at the time of this recording we have about uh 12 or 11 days and, and we're going after Stretch goal two um, currently. It's a uh, it's a print. Um, Travis, can you remind us who the the artist on that print is? Yeah, that print is done by Jim O'Reilly, uh, a great artist. Did a beautiful piece. It's actually going to be a page in the book, but this is uh, without the text because they're going to be adding text and all sorts of stuff. But uh, yeah, it's a double page spread of all the characters in the book, which I think is beautiful. Very cool. And I think we're. I think we're roughly 2K away from that right now. Um, so hopefully um, we can hit that soon and then start announcing a third one. You, have, you I'm assuming you have a third one in your pocket there that we don't want to talk about, but uh, it's, it's ready to go. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah, we got, we got some stuff. We, cool. We're, we're going to keep rocking and rolling. You know, I want to get to 40. So let's, let's keep pushing. Very cool. Well, um, I'd like to thank everybody for listening. If you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use, we would appreciate it. If you want to follow the podcast, we're on Twitter, and that is at Construct Compot. Instagram is Constructed Comics Pod, and Facebook is Constructed Comics. 
once again, just thanks for listening. Please be safe, be nice to each other, and go out there and make some comics. Thank you. <laughs>